Because, you know, a lot of young people are often told that, you know, you're too young and you don't know how the world works. And I think with our movement, it was a show of like, you know, age doesn't really minimize your experience, right? You know, if you're old enough to be killed in school, you should be old enough to have a say in what, you know, protects you, right? This is Before It's Too Late. I'm your host, Christian Susan. Let's learn together what matters most in life. It makes me very happy to have 23 years old activist, artist and movement creator Jamal Lamy as today's guest. He has become known to a larger public when he served as creative director for March for Our Lives, one of the largest and most impactful youth-led movements in global history against gun violence. After a school shooting in his former high school, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, in Florida in 2018, 17 people were killed then. You will hear how his idea to create T-shirts with the American flag and a QR code on it made it happen for over 50,000 people to scan and register for the march within two minutes. We definitely pushed the conversation forward with organizing and mobilizing, Jamal says. And that moment in the movement helped people to connect in ways we have never seen before. Jamal is talking about his work at the intersection of art, politics and culture with his own creative studio, Modema, as well as for the artist collective For Freedoms and expresses in a truly inspiring way what drives him. My purpose is to connect with people and to introduce people to new ideas and conversations that question what's happening in the world. I was very touched by the deep place of reflection and passion from which he is coming in our conversation. Jamal is sharing with us how he creates art in order to survive and what that means to him. When listening to him, you will feel how much he's invested in bringing out the artist and the activist in all of us, so that in the end, people feel strong enough to lift their voices and be heard. Can it get any more relevant in these unsettling times? Jamal Lamy, we are proud to have you as our guest today on Before It's Too Late. Hello, Jamal. Great to have you on Before It's Too Late today. Thank you for having me, Christiane. Jamal, you are an activist, artist, and movement creator. And as I can feel, you're doing meaningful things all the time. You were the creative director of March for Our Lives, and this is when you have become also known to a larger audience. Mm -hmm. And March for Our Lives was one of the largest youth-led movements in global history against gun violence after the shooting in your former high school, Stoneman Douglas, in 2018. And Jamal, I have this question for you. Do you think such tragedy is needed to spark a meaningful movement of such scale? I mean, <laughs> I, truthfully, it's, that's, it's, it's a yes and a no in a way. When you come to the, you know, the harsh reality of you know, the world we live in, you know, I would hope we'd learn from history, because as you know, what happened at my former high school wasn't the first mass shooting. And, you know, not to compare, you know, really wasn't the, you know, the most 
tragedy we've seen and how, you know, and how violent they get and how much loss we, you know, we as a country experience from the, you know, the mass amount of mass shootings that happen always. But the reality is that like, I feel people throughout history often need a catalyst that really hits home. And what happened at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, I think, resonated with people across the country in all age groups, you know, with with school, you know, I guess the difference between what happened at the high school and say a shooting like, you know, Sandy Hook, may those kids rest in peace, is that the fact that a lot of their classmates that did survive didn't have the chance or the voice at that moment to speak out because what happened in Parkland was, you know, parents were affected because their children were, you know, were in harm's way and, you know, survivors of a horrific incident, but also the young generation was also impacted by this, just the harsh reality that, you know, whether you were there or not, you could possibly be next. So it was this kind of mix of different generations feeling that strong impact, which overall made the movement greater. And just the, just the truth that, you know, at that moment, every high school kid, you know, college kid or kid in that age range has a cell phone, you know, has a social media account. So it just it just made people mobilize quicker and just, you know, fight for, you know, the end of gun violence a lot quicker. But but I, I, I just, you know, I think in a, in a perfect world, we wouldn't need tragedies like that, too. Um, you know, to make make change and to stand up and make our voices heard. Yeah. Remind us of this great, huge impact March for Our Lives had. And even though it didn't directly result in the change of law or something like that, for sure it had a huge impact. Remind us of also what you were doing as a creative director. No, of course. I mean, you know, March for Our Lives, you know, while, you know, like you said, it might not have had an overarching in uniform impact across our country. It kind of, I think, really made change on a multi-level approach. You know, we were grassroots organizing with people all across the country and all across the world. I mean, on the day of the march, we had marches on every continent, even in Antarctica, right? There, you know, there were scientists in Antarctica who, you know, who stood in solidarity with us during the movement in the day of action. And, you know, we passed a number of bills in the U.S. in multiple states, whether that be ERPA laws that, you know, basically give local officials and law enforcement the right to, you know, monitor cases of successful gun violence in relation to, you know, trigger warning, domestic violence and suicide and whatnot, and being able to monitor that and step in. There were multiple laws that help invest in local groups that were doing the work every single day. You know, we got many groups across this country, you know, large sums of money to continue to do their work, as you know how important that is. And we fundamentally really gave young people across the country a voice, right? So many young people, you know, we had chapters, we had over a hundred chapters and across the country and so many young people to this day felt like um, the movement was a space for them to, you know, be heard and, you know, to actually have a, a say in this conversation. Because, as you know, a lot of young people are often told that, you know, you're too young and you don't know how the world works. And I think with our movement, it was a show of like, you know, age doesn't really minimize your experience, right? You know, if you're old enough to be killed in school, you should be old enough to have a say in what, you know, protects you, right? And, oh, yes. you know, just 
Oh, and just at, at the movement level, you know, as creative director, my whole vision and goal was to, you know, use art, whether that was, you know, film or visual art or just art activism as a whole with, you know, other organizations. It was just to use, you know, that effective way of communicating, right? Because I, I believe art is oftentimes the most effective way to communicate. So it was just using that to benefit the movement. And we went on a Road to Change bus tour the summer of 2018. We did, we did over 80 cities in 60 days, traveling by bus, going to community, to community in the US, spreading our message. And we, you know, I designed a T-shirt um, that was the American flag with the QR code that uh, ended up registering over 50,000 people where you could scan the QR code with your phone and you could register to vote in under two minutes. And it became this new way of communicating, connecting with people, you know, but registering to vote in the U.S. is so archaic. And that moment in the movement made it a lot more modern. And just it, like I said, it just helped people connect in ways that we had never seen before. And while we didn't fundamentally succeed all the way in the midterm elections, we saw so many victories and we saw the largest youth turnout in the past, you know, the past hundred years that year. So, you know, we you know, we definitely pushed the conversation forward with our mobilizing and organizing. That is absolutely fantastic, Jamal. And I think that amazing cutting-edge idea of yours to put the QR code on a T-shirt, how could that be used, I'm asking myself, for other social justice movements whatsoever? Yeah, Have you ever I mean, thought about that? Yeah, I mean, every, you know, everyone, you know, to speak freely, everyone has wanted to make their mark with that technology. And I've seen many people do it. It's really the fact that it makes it easy to create a call to action. You know, when you have a clear call to action, whatever it may be, whether it's sign up for something or, hey, watch this or, hey, see this, or, you know what I'm saying? When you have this clear action, yes, QR codes are an amazing, amazing tool for people, you know, to use because every, you know, for the most part, everyone owns a phone and with technology today, every phone is QR capable within your native camera app. And so it's so seamless in how people can get access to the information and, and the art or whatever you're presenting. I think that is absolutely a fantastic idea, Jamal. And that's actually what I love about Americans, the call to action thing. Today, you're working at the intersection of art, politics and culture with your own creative studio called mm. Modema. Tell us more about how you are using art and music to create meaning in your life. I live by the mantra of I create art to survive. And, you know, that's that's what the stakes are for me. And like I said, I believe that art is the most effective tool to communicate to people and whatever, you know, whatever medium it is, you know, I live at the intersection of, of film, music and design, whether that's, you know, products, fashion, graphic and trying to you know juggle and use those worlds to communicate my ideas because i think the whole goal of like you know my purpose in this all is to connect with people and to introduce people to new ideas and conversations so with my studio i kind of really created it to kind of answer the question of what does the studio of a you know 22 23 year old you know black kid from the U.S. look like in 2021, you know, like, you know, I've had dreams of, you know, running my own like film studio, but also being a musician by nature and also a product designer. I'm like, 
how do we introduce those new ideas? And I think we live in a world where you need a multilingual, multidisciplinary approach, I think, to communicate any idea. Like we're, I think we're so far past the conventional means of like, hey, we're just this one thing, right? And I think the, the beauty of you know my generation is that like, you know, we've had the opportunity, especially with social media and the internet, to accelerate our kind of process and our kind of education within these realms. Some of Demo Studios was really a space to like use those different languages of of artistic mediums and create new ideas right to create new ideas and to communicate to young people to inspire people to find their purpose to question what's happening in the world to be introduced to new ideas and new worlds so fundamentally that's you know that's what modema is like you know we're really a place for you know we create a place for disruption and vulnerability to thrive so that's just our whole approach and doing it until you know, I feel like every person who cares about a, I feel like a better world has, you know, felt the impact of what we're trying to communicate. And that's why I love, you know, activism and grassroots organizing and the artistic mediums is because I feel like everything we've loved about change has come through those, those languages and those channels. Jamal, I think this is incredibly meaningful. And your purpose is very deep and very important. And I also think that it comes very timely to spark this kind of purpose and meaning in your entire generation, because given what's going on right now, this is important more than ever. Would yeah. you mind to share a piece of art or music you've created recently in the context of what you just explained to us? Yes, of course. So I recently just finished the Passion Project of my first TV show. And throughout my life, everything within the visual and sonic medium has had a profound impact on like, just not only me, but just the people around me. And coming off March for Our Lives and like dealing with just the loss of life, right? You know, I lost one of my closest friends in the shooting, Joaquin Oliver. And, you know, he was someone who I, you know, you know, worked with creatively, you know, and we, you know, you know, you know that the young vision of taking over the world was something that we consistently told each other. And, you know, mm -hmm. while I'm here left to continue that vision, a lot of my work stems from, you know, those moments, right? So I finished my recent show, uh, it's called Half Success, and it's basically the story of not me, but every young person. I feel, I feel like, We as, you know, young people, right? Because I, you know, I, truthfully, I won't be relatively young in three or four years, but I just know that the art itself will resonate. And when I mean young, it's not about age. It's about, you know, what's in your spirit, what's in your heart. And I feel that, like, throughout the pandemic and the state of the world, like, people feel like they're at this halfway point where whether it's in between your purpose or in between the job you want or in between a person or healing or whatever. I feel like there were so many people at this midway point where, you know, there are a group of people who haven't started, but I feel like the, the large majority of us are at that midpoint of where do we land next? You know, where, you know, where are we going in this, you know, kind of grand scheme we call, you know, life and our journey and our purpose and our passion. So I wrote this show alongside my debut EP, just kind of mimicking that idea of being at that midway point of healing, of success in existence. I'm sorry to be too abstract about that, but truthfully, you know, we're all, as humans, we are kind of working in this collective goal to keep, 
you know, our planet moving and building something better for the future generations. So I feel like we're all at that midway point where we're figuring out, are we, you know, are we, are we there yet? Or, you know, how close to the start line are we? So I think like a lot of my work now, not only with those kind of individual passion projects and the TV shows I'm working with other creators and writers and directors and musicians and visual artists on through the studio are mimicking that idea of like, how do we collectively leverage our voice, our skill, our experience and our passion for this vision of a world to create art that inspires and communicates to people. And it's through Half Success, it's through my EP, it's through um, TV shows like The Gene that I'm working, it's called The Genes that I'm working on with young writers. The art that I'm, you know, helping with for Four Freedoms uh, this past fall, I worked with the, the visual artist Jenny Holzer to help use her art to make impact in the in the elect, in the elections and just like I said, connecting with you know people it doesn't matter if you have a platform or not to just like really put you know put your art into a place where it has meaning, right? Because I think that's really what we're you know as humans we're meaning making machines. So it's really you know just putting a microscope on that and accelerating it you know to creation. So I, you know I hope that kind of fulfills that answer. But it's like I said, it's like I'm constantly doing a billion things at once, you know, to kind of feed this overall mission and goal. I can definitely hear the philosopher in you. You are such a deeply reflected person. And it also seems that you really focus on what matters most in life. And that is a skill that is really, really hard to develop in your generation, I would say, given the social media distraction and, you know, this world where you constantly go for likes and approval extrinsically. Yeah. And it's a lot of noise. A lot of noise. And I think that's absolutely amazing what role model you are for your generation that, yes, you focus on stuff that really matters. I love that. Jamal, you were also working for For Freedoms, which yes. is the largest artist-run collective for civic engagement, discourse, and direct action for social justice in the United States. Tell us more about what they are doing and what your work for them was about recently. Of course. So just, just brief history with me and For Freedoms. I met... Hank was Thomas and Eric Gottesman, who are the, you know, the co-founders of For Freedom in 2018. And Hank and I instantly connected just over the loss of life that we've experienced to gun violence. And since then, we've really created a fruitful like relationship. You know, we all ideologically aligned together like because like we were just using art for impact right you know pushing grassroots organizing and civic engagement through art and four freedoms recently had the four freedoms congress which was the largest convening of artists in probably world history they had delegates from all 50 states and multiple countries as well and they you know they invested in me i had the chance to cut to provide uh, visual coverage and document that convening with an amazing video team of local videographers, producers, and editors, just to visually, like I said, document their experience. And since then, they've created this amazing network of artists uh, called the Wide Awakes, which is this very deep historical idea of young people who were dedicated to 
they were this original they originally were a group of white abolitionists from the from i think it was the mid to late 1800s who you know were basically they would carry these torches and wear these capes and they you know at that time being an abolitionist was something you know that could this country would put you to death in many cases but they were this you know this movement of young people who you know believed in that and used art and used mo- our activism to mobilize people and connect with people so Hank and Eric and the whole team kind of brought this idea to the to the modern world where they're using art they're using their you know beautiful capes that Hank and a, and a team of artists designed to you know continue to mobilize across the country from that network of artists that they brought to the congress it's funny the congress actually happened the week before everything shut down in mm. the world but Hank and the whole team managed to continue the energy alive and you know continue to mobilize people and use the art that they were all collectively creating to keep the fight going Wow, look at that timing. Right. <laughs> Jamal, you once said and that's also a word you used earlier in our conversation which is survival. You said I'm making art for survival and you also once said activism is survival. Yes. Tell us more about your thoughts and I guess also experiences behind that statement. I'm really curious. Of course, I mean I make it that grave I think a lot you know for myself to understand you know to keep the fire burning on me but um really I think for a lot of artists it's that right I think when we, you know when we think of that stereotypical artist trope it's you know there's the starving artist or you know the artist that don't find any acclaim or whatnot until you know they're they're gone but I think when you think about art and activism I think they kind of fundamentally feed the same idea and same human portion of us right like when i think because like activism was second nature for me i didn't think about it i i was you know my kind of approach is obviously being you know black in america there are many points where i felt like you know my existence was at you know at you know it was a threat and it was in harm's way just with the you know police brutality and the systemic oppression that you know people that look you know like me and in adjacent what we experience but i feel like activism is some you know like i think our country and a lot of the naysayers they 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 politicize it in a way that you know in a way to scare us but the truth of the reality is that like being a marginalized or impressed person in this country from the moment you're born it's politicized right so i think of like when we when you see the protest and you see the organizing in our country it's literally groups of people trying to plead for their you know safety and existence right you know when you know when when someone's gunned down or someone is uh, racially profiled by the police or you know or if you want to look at it even more institutionally with redlining and the, you know and how black and brown people weren't allowed to get certain loans to buy homes to move in certain neighborhoods like you know that fundamentally you know that's a harm to their existence so i think when you look at the artistic parallel of activism for survival and then art for survival it's the simple fact that as humans we're expressing ourselves and whether it's through activism and pleading for your life or creating something and you know that is an extension of you it's all fundamentally communicating the same things it's just you know different languages and as you are right now being someone from Germany you're you know multilingual you know what i'm saying so i think as humans once we you know if we move past linguistics you know i think we're 
we are all multi-angle in a way, right? I think all of us have an artist in us and all of us have an activist in us, right? It's literally as simple, simple as picking up a pencil or picking up a paintbrush, but an activism is as simple as, you know, opening your mouth and raising your voice. And now it just becomes a matter of like how we create as, you know, we hope to create the least amount of tension so people feel strong enough to, you know, you know lift their voice and be heard. Oh my God, Jamal, this is so fantastic that you are sharing all that with us because I think it's so important what you're doing and what you're saying. So thank you so much for sharing this. Absolutely. Is there something you want to add to our conversation in terms of a message and an advice you would like to bring across right now? I think it's nothing far from what I've been saying, but, you know, I just would tell any person out there, young or not young, just, you know, I, I, the thing is, is like, it's really like what, you know, what you're feeling or whatever you care about. I'm just at the point where I'm just communicating people, just go after it, right? We live in the day and age where we can fundamentally make our wildest dreams come true at any moment, which I think is an insane thing, right? You know, with the power of social media and communication and, you know, just, you know, we live at the moment where it's like, you can be whatever, you can make your voice heard. Like, you're never alone in whatever you're thinking or doing. You know, the beauty of eight billion people on this planet is that, For the most part, there's going to be someone who aligns with you. And as you know, as long as there's another person, you know, I think that's a beauty in whatever you care about. And even if you do feel alone, it's still valid. So I just tell people, just do it and go for what you care about and just make sure, you know, that's it's, it's true in your nature. And I think that's really the only advice I have is just to go for it no matter what, whatever you care about. Yeah, whatever you care about. And whilst you still can before it's too late. And, <laughs> of course. Right? Because you also experience that life can be over in a blink of an eye. Absolutely. That is also probably a source of your wisdom at such young age. And this is why I'm so grateful that uh, you took the time to be a guest on my podcast, Jamal. Please keep changing the world one piece of art at a time. Of course, thank you for having me and creating this platform. I really enjoyed this profound conversation and I hope you did too. For more episodes of Before It's Too Late, make sure to subscribe. If this episode spoke to you, consider sharing it with a friend or loved one you think might benefit from it. Thank you for listening.